This is Seba, the Southern Fried Witch, and this is episode 18. It's still cold and wet and rainy around here, y'all. But by the time this episode comes out, I hear we're going to have sun on Christmas. As for Yule, we're very excited about that. We had a um, huge felled oak tree that we could use for all kinds of things, including firewood. But because of how we had to deal with that, taking it down due to that high tunnel going up and the immense guilt I feel we are most assuredly using it as our yule logs. Also we have a little yule tree that I had shipped over here and it's our very special little guy. He's never going to get very tall and he's just absolutely the right size for us all to be able to get around him and hold hands and I do believe it's a him. And so when we all get together on Yule, one of the first things I'm going to have everybody do is string popcorn and cranberries. And to distract the squirrels, I reckon I'm going to have to do those old-fashioned pine cones. We were all young once. I remember doing these when I was very little, rolling them in peanut butter and then rolling them in seed and then hanging them in a tree. I'm going to try to distract them so that the birds can get a few things. Everybody needs a happy holiday, including all the birds. And today I wanted to make a formal apology to one of my listeners named Stephanie. I got this beautiful email, wonderful support, and then at the end of it there were some suggestions, sort of some questions actually, that she wanted me to answer. And that was around Thanksgiving, and I promptly forgot. So that's how I'm going to start today. And I wanted to thank you, Stephanie, because of your email, I finally determined the last of my gifts for Yule. Sitting here thinking it all out, I suddenly knew exactly what I wanted to do. So I'm not going to read the first part of the email. I don't know that I'm allowed to, and I like to make sure that I have full permission. But the second part, I think I can... And Stephanie shares with me that her mother has passed about three years ago and that she was the witchiest witch that ever witched. And I totally understand what you're talking about. I had a grandma like that. But her question is, can you please divulge on your witchy cleaning habits? Floor washes, general cleaning, etc. My mom isn't with me anymore, but I just get this heart tingling feeling that she trusts your judgment. And Stephanie, as you've told me, you're a Southerner. I know that you can get your hands on some of the stuff I'm going to suggest to you. And the very first thing I want to suggest is vinegar. I think you're asking me for magical implications as well, but it really all is about intent anyway. And what you say and how you proceed with your cleaning, if it's a ritual. But to me... There's already magical properties in almost everything that's natural, so the number one cleaning product that I absolutely just hands down cannot live without is vinegar. 
When I was a little girl, my grandma didn't buy Windex very often. She would go get vinegar and a newspaper. And that's what I would use to clean the windows and the mirrors. And they came out so much more sparkling than any kind of product I've ever seen on the market. Now, it depends on how dirty what you've got going on there is, honey. I sometimes will use vinegar straight if I've got a serious situation. Why, just today I was cleaning out my chicken's water thing, one of those hanging water dispensers, and I had not noticed that it had gotten a little bit of algae in the bottom. But I brought my vinegar out anyway because I put a little bit of that in their water. And so I just used it directly with a rag and it was able to clean and pretty much strip every last bit of that algae away. I know they tell you to mix it with water, but for some surfaces, I don't. It depends. But a really basic down-home cleaning can be done with half water and half vinegar. If you're going to try to shine up your windows, though, just go ahead and use straight vinegar. Now, that could get a little bit touchy when it comes to wooden floors. If you've got a nice high shine on your wooden floor... You're going to maybe rip a little bit of that off if you do this too much. I've heard of folks using vinegar and vegetable oil to do this kind of thing. You know, I'm just a little loath to do that. It makes me feel, and I may be completely wrong, but the feeling is there that I'm kind of sticking all that dirt back on there, you know? The best way i found to clean my hardwood floors is a little bit more southern. And down here, y'all, you know we love our tea. When you're making your sweet tea, go ahead and do up another bunch and just leave out the sugar. Because you have never in your life seen such a glow off of your hardwood floors. You would just take that. You can spray it on. Hell, you could dip your mop up in that and just make sure that you're kind of wringing it out where it's not soppy. But it's going to give you this golden glow. You're going to love it. We already know that tea has some antibacterial properties. It doesn't strip your floor and it doesn't leave a bad smell. And you can always kind of dot in an essential oil or two. But that's if you just want that smell going on. And if you're doing a more ritualized magical cleaning... You can be very specific about what scent you're bringing to the party. You could do sage, you could do lavender, you could do lemon for that bright Yule cleaning, bringing back the sun. I really do prefer that one. Y'all, excuse me, I have some sinus issues today. I don't know if you can tell, and I probably shouldn't call it out, but we've got to be a little bit real around here. It's been cold, and then it got hot, now it's raining, and it's going to be frozen again tonight. This old gal's just worn out from the roller coaster of all of it. It wreaks havoc on my sinuses. But if you wanted to get something that had more of a real cleanser in it, you know, I'm kind of thinking here about anything from your dishes to your toilet, which, let me just stop right there. No, 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 no. I use baking soda for my toilet. We have a no pesticide, no chemical rule out here, at least no harsh chemical rules. And I also have a septic tank, and the only thing I can find that won't rip it to shreds is just a little bit of baking soda 
And baking soda is a wonderful cleaner too, but we don't want this whole episode to be about this kind of stuff. But if you wanted one that had more of a soapy kind of feel and you wanted a little bit more scrub, whatever you've got's a little bit more dirty, and you want to dig in deep to that magical connection to everything you're doing, as I said in my last episode, we need to witchify every damn thing. So it depends. Do you have soap wart? Or if you have yucca, then you can make this. Now, I've got yucca all over my property, and it's my fault. I brought half of it back with me from my favorite island over there on the Georgia coast. It is a miracle kind of thing. It's the hardest working cacti out there. You feel me? And you can take the leaves of that yucca, and you can break those down. There's all kinds of stuff online to look up. And, of course, we know it makes this wonderful cordage. I mean, that cordage could be used for your chicken coops, to tie your Christmas tree to the wall, whatever you need it for. And it's natural. But when you're making that cordage and you're breaking down that yucca leaf, slamming it with your hammerstone, there's all this pulp that has to get scraped off. And you take all of that, and I like to put mine in a mason jar And then shake it as hard as you can. And maybe even let it sit there for a few hours and shake it again. And then if you'll press all that out of there in a fine sieve, you have soap. The chemical compound in that is saponin. And it is soap. Except without all those harsh, horrible things that we don't want in our lives. It's antibacterial. It's antifungal. It's a lot of fun. This stuff, by the way, is usually made from yucca root, but I've got a mama heart and I just cannot bring myself to kill all of my yuccas to get that root. But if you found some out in the woods and it was legal to take it, you might consider it. I just have a hard time taking something so beautiful. You can also do it from these leaves and then you can take that soap and you can freeze it. You can put it in the refrigerator. Well, if you're using the yucca root, you can powder it up by letting it kind of dry out. It won't powder too much, but you can get it dry and then reconstitute it whenever you want to. And the best recipe to use that would have a little extra cleaning power for you would be about an eighth a cup of some kind of natural soap, an eighth a cup of vinegar to one gallon of water. Now, y'all, I could go on and on about how the South has forgotten their roots when it comes to this kind of thing. It's funny to me how many pagans I know and how many witches I know who continue to use harsh chemicals and products that have been tested on animals and are just as divorced away from the land and the things that we need to be caring about as a non-pagan. To me, it's not enough just to remember the rituals and the stories and the legends. And it's not just enough to go out into the woods and start a fire and dance around that damn thing, clothes or not. To me, being a true pagan, and in this case, a true witch, is to care about the earth I'm on. You know, my husband planted me a willow tree a few years back. Oh gosh, more than a few now, maybe four. 
And it was right in the field line of where my washing machine water would come on out. Now, I'm pretty sure that some soap doesn't hurt them too bad, but let me tell you, a whole lot will. And I didn't use bleach that much, but when I did, it would come right out there. And that weeping willow tree did not make it. It did not live, and there were other things going on that could have been more magical in nature, but in my estimation, I did not help that tree. I reckon I'm calling myself out a little bit right here, but... There's no way I could 100% take everything down to no impact and no footprint on the planet. Well, I I reckon there is a way I could go live out in the woods. I'm still going to leave something, I'm sure. But I do think that we can think about these things. So again, thank you, Stephanie, for making me think about it a little bit more. And think about all the money we could save. Of course, I also know something else. It's the same reason that some of us run through fast food restaurants. Money. Time. But honestly, the time thing is what would get me quicker than the money thing. And I'm poor as dirt. If you have to work a 40-hour job somewhere, how are you going to be pounding out yucca leaves? You'd have to spend your whole weekend like that, or at least every night doing something like that. So it'd be a little bit more difficult for you to say, I'm going to make my own shampoo, and I'm going to make my own dishwashing liquid. I'm going to make my own cleaners and I'm not going to have to spend that money anymore. But everything's a trade-off and that's time. But I will tell you that it's poverty that forced me into a lot of these things I do today. It's the deep and abiding lessons I've learned from these crafts that would keep me doing it even if I ran into money. When you get really poor, and you get really poor really sudden, sometimes it's a lot easier for you to think to yourself, I can't afford to buy all these things anymore, but they're all around me. I have to take the time to make them. There's so much magic in it all, it's overwhelming. I couldn't say enough about it. Saving my eggshells and powdering that down, that's calcium. And calcium can be used in multiple ways, not just for chickens. For you, for the earth, for growing things. Growing my own turmeric and taking the time to get that dried out and powdered down and giving it to the dogs that have arthritis and helps them with their inflammatory issues. And to me, with my health issues. Making my own soap doesn't just mean that I'm saving money. It also means that I'm saving some of my trees around here. And by proxy, everything in that environment. The deeper I go into a life like this, the more magic I find. There is a payoff. There's a really deep one. I remember my mother making fun of me for this. I mean, after all, if there's a Kroger or a Walmart, why would I be canning my own food? Why would I be working so hard to make things I could maybe run to the store and pay $25 for? But see, while it might have been the money that pushed me to look deeper into what the earth already has, I mean, after all, y'all, she is the great store. But it wasn't that that kept me here. Making my own wine, oh my God, that was so wonderful. 
being able to say to my children and my husband that 75% of everything on their table came right here from this house, from this land. That connection to that food made me prouder of it, and it made me think more deeply about waste. Nowadays, I won't hand over somebody a bag of peppers if I'm not sure they're not going to eat it all. If I give somebody a pumpkin, I want to know where they're going to eat it and try to talk them into that, you know, give them a recipe. I worked really hard to get that pumpkin, but not just me. The water here, the land here, the bees here, all of my pollinators, actually, we were all in a dance together. That's not a pumpkin I picked up at a store. You just can't pay me what I'm worth when it comes to this. And while it may seem like a tall order, I'm here to tell y'all I'm attempting to witchify every damn thing in my life. I don't know how much longer I've got here. I want everything to be the most aware, awake, magical, connected thing possible for me. As my grandma used to say, I'm not working on my wealth, y'all. I'm working on my soul, and it's a full-time job. Well, y'all, I suppose that is enough on that particular subject for now. I had a a guest and a dear friend, an old office mate, a gypsy sister here from Alabama that is going to do a bit of a guest post here. We have not tried that before. And let me be honest with y'all, while we haven't, I've got a lot of great folks I want to have a shot at asking questions to and sharing with y'all, but I have limited internet. We live so far out that nothing makes its way out here. I teach online as a professor, and everything I do online has to be through my cell phone. So can you even imagine... Everything I've had to do to get that done, my lands, y'all. So, while it may not be the uber-professional platform that other people do, and I am jealous, y'all should know, I have decided on a method. I'm going to just use my wonderful speaker my son gave me years ago, and it's now like my right hand. This thing broadcasts all kinds of podcasts across my kitchen while I'm cooking. And I'm going to go ahead and try to interview some folks over the phone, letting it come through this speaker. So it may not be star quality, but then again, (laughs) it sure is about redneck enough for me, right? So that's what we're going to be doing. But my friend Marion has a whole lot of experience in this field of herbology and Chinese medicine and has been an Alabamian all her life. So we're going to save some of that conversation. I want to hear what she has to say about it and we can't get around to it until this weekend so we're going to have to back burner that thing. While I'm on that subject and before I go into the Yule portion of my podcast today, I wanted to say that There is another podcast that Southern Fry Witch has a huge crush on. These girls, I'm crazy about them. And it's called That Witch Life. I'm sure a lot of you already know about them, and I'm just the last one to the party. 
but I'm trying desperately to catch up. I'm all about these girls. When I first reached out to them, I was really clear that I don't think I teach as much as they teach, and that's okay. The cool thing about making connections with other witches is that we don't need to be all the same. I mean, honestly, y'all, how boring would that be? Fuck that. So, it was so cool to run across them. Their brutal honesty, the way they share their own experiences with everyone. Hell, I've learned a lot of new stuff over here. So, I just want to give you that shout out. But specifically, I'm hoping y'all will go check out episode 24. And it's all on Yule and Winter Solstice. And they have Jason Mankey on there, who is just another wonderful witch in this world. And they have a lot of fun. I've asked my students to listen to them. Y'all, give it a shot. One of the best Yule Winter Solstice podcasts I've heard. Just got me right in the spirit. And they're funny, too. If That Witch Podcast is listening, I think I connected with Courtney over there. That game y'all played on the whole, is it a Hallmark movie or is it a classic witch film? That was hysterical. And I'm totally outright telling you right now, I'm stealing it. Not for the podcast. But that's what we're going to play at Yule. So, there you go. (laughs) Great idea. All right. Now then. Y'all, we are ready to go into Yule. I've been working on it all day, but I do think we are missing something around this time of year. We've glitterified and capitalized and westernized the situation so much that it really hardly holds any of its original meaning. And we have to purposefully and mindfully center ourselves upon what the holiday actually is all about. There's a missing element for me. I do remember a little bit of this from my childhood. That element would be the ghost of Christmas. Now, I personally do love Dickens. The problem I have with the story, A Christmas Carol, is not about the lessons that it's teaching. I think it teaches right fine lessons. It's that the lessons seem to be only focused upon someone who has a lot of money hasn't made a lot of connections in their life and these ghosts of Christmas past and present and future are trying to show him who he really is and the effect and the damage he's done on so many lives instead of giving more. And so that's a really good lesson for a lot of high society folks who maybe aren't giving the way they should and have so much. It just doesn't really encompass all of us. But this time of the year, Yuletide, as many of us call it, there are ghosts to consider. After all, it is the time of year where we slow down and we reflect. It is the darkest time of the year. It's the time of year that I take account of a lot of things. We're wrapping up everything from fiscal year stuff to figuring out who all is still in our lives so that we can honor them in some way in the form of a gift. It truly is a reflective place along the wheel. I know a lot of my friends do a lot of journaling at this time and taking stock. I mean, of everything from your pantry to your heart. And to me, 
somebody out there needs to write a pagan yuletide carol. A story in which there's a lot more going on than the white wealthy elite learning a lesson. We already know that lesson needs to be learned. But what is left for us? Well, I'll tell you. Personally, I have a lot of ghosts of Christmas past. And things aren't so black and white. Things aren't so binary. It's a lot less clear cut. And I think that would be the way it would be for anyone. There are people I've lost that I would give anything to see again. Well, almost anything. That brought so much joy to this time of year for me. And there are people that took joy from me at this time, growing up and all the way through my 30s and 40s. So there are ghosts everywhere. For me, the real point of thinking about the ghost of Christmas past is to assure that the ones that are standing here in my present, and they're from that time, are the ones I want here right now. The ones that will bring something to this present. If I have a memory that tortures me from my childhood, it really is time for me to tell that particular ghost to back the fuck off. You know, we talk about cleansing ourselves and pushing away negativity, but we don't really think about it in the way that I'm thinking about it here enough. Yeah, negativity that is shot at you or negativity that you create or negativity that just exists, you know, along with chaos all around us, all the time. Yes, we need to work on that. We need to be able to ground and clear and push that away so that we can accept, not even push it away, dissipate it altogether or change its energetic form and shoot it back into the world, utilize it in some way, the great recycling that witches do. But I think we often forget about the ghost of our past. And that's something that we sort of semi-carry around inside of us. And some ghosts just have a hard time dying. Or they're specifically difficult to kill. But if I'm trying to get my head in a good place and be fully present around Yuletide so that I can do the next step that I need to do, which is make really wonderful memories for the future... I've got to do something with all this junk that is piling up inside of my heart. You know, it's sort of relevant here because this morning when I was making that cleaner, I made a rosemary and yucca cleaner for my tribe. All this beautiful steam was coming up when I was boiling everything all together. And I just leaned into that. I just leaned into that steam and let it wash all over me. Carrying it with it, the ghost of the 60s, the ghost of the 70s, the ghost of the 80s and 90s, and let it just wash away. I can pick those up anytime I want, but I want to do that mindfully, not allow the little boogers to creep in and ruin a perfectly good day. And right now, I have studied enough on that. My soul has wailed enough on those memories. So, purposeful cleaning on that. And while Scrooge's ghost of Christmas present was to assure that he knew how people really felt about him behind his back and what other people's conditions actually were, my ghost of Christmas present is always here to teach me that I need to get out of my own damn head. 
If this Yuletide is about giving, then the best thing I can think of to give to anyone is space inside of my heart and my head. On focusing on me, 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 and focusing on something I can do something about. And this may sound a little silly, but Yuletide for me also is about giving back to Mother Nature. The Great Mother is in this time of hibernation and icy rest, and I need to care for her babies. And so I mindfully go outside and look at and spend time with the birds and the squirrels and the trees that are green. But I also mindfully touch the trees that aren't, because I know that they're only asleep too. That kind of giving, that kind of headspace is really hard to do if we're caterwauling about about our past. may sound a little bit silly, but my ghosts of Christmas past, in particular two of them, why they like to come over here and sit at the table along with those of the present. But I no longer allow the others, you know, the ones that make me cry, which takes me away from what I need to be focused upon. They can't come to the table. It's not their day. Sometimes it helps to let the ghost of Christmas present beat the living shit out of the ghost of the past. In my estimation, the ghost of Yuletide future, again, sorry about my chicken just hollering on, is very significantly pagan. My husband and I were sitting around a fire last night because it got suddenly cold and we were talking about this idea. He has a lot of ideas about Christmas and Yule. And they're really good ones, but he's not here to to give his side. The thing I ended up telling him was the ghost of Christmas future, as far as I'm concerned, is us. And I don't think we think about it that way. I think we think about it, and well, of course, in Dickens' terms, which is, you know, worried about the negativity you could leave behind. But for me, I want to worry more about what the ghost of Christmas present That Seba, that ghost who will be with my boys and possibly a few of my friends, if they remember me, that's where I'll be. What I can leave behind that's good, that's positive. What is that imprint? One of the things I hope I've taught my sons is, you know, last couple of years we've opened up our home to people who either don't have the opportunity to experience the type of love and warmth around this season that we've come to associate with Yuletide and Christmas, or have never experienced it. And while it may seem a little crowded around the table, I'm trying to not just show them, but also to let them be part of it. The one thing I do take from my ghost of Christmas past, even if one of them is me, is what do I not want in the future? What do I not want to see again? Now, of course, that works the alternate way, but we've already discussed that. And I think about those things, and I make sure that I'm not enacting those same things today. You know, it's a complete misconception that you can't change your imprint on the world. You can. I do believe you can. If you're still breathing, there's still time. So I focus on being the ghost I want to be. And this might mean that I let a few things go. That I don't bitch and wail on about somebody being late. That I accept it if my sons want to bring someone extra who had nowhere to go. 
and go dig around in the closet a minute and try to find a present for them. Y'all know my grandma used to do that. But also I want to thwart this popular idea of praise baby Jesus this year is over. I see so much of that going on and I've even said it myself before as if somehow we get a cosmic reset on that one day, a secular day. And suddenly, that year is going to be a whole other year. I see pagans doing this a lot, and I'm always shocked. That's not the way things work. That's not how any of this works. (laughs) We are on a circular path, y'all. Back in and back out, and back in and back out. It's not a linear thing that someone's just going to click a button and say, well, here you go. It's January 1st. This year will be better. I've had a couple of horrendous years myself. Years that when I think about them in time, say 2016, the automatic feeling that hits me back is grief. But lately I've been looking at it a little bit differently. There were a few really wonderful things that happened in 2016. I can still see them. I can still see the sunset. And riding in a car with someone I loved, listening to the song Wild Horses by the Rolling Stones, and feeling like I was always going to remember that moment. And that happened right in the middle of one of the worst shit storms of my life. So I don't want to throw that away. The person was not ready to work through some of their own stuff last year. And so I haven't heard from that person in a long time. But I love her. And that memory was worth every last bit of it. That was one of the last years that my precious dog Gatsby could run, and I remember him running. The way we do these kinds of things, we are creating ghosts of Christmas past that are not kind, because Christmas has this horrible and beautiful and fucked up way of encapsulating a whole year. Now, doesn't it? And then later on, collecting a whole lifetime of them. I mean, I see that 2019 was a political shit show, and I don't want to get into politics with y'all, but if you haven't figured me out by now, you're not paying attention. But does that mean that I cannot hold on to some of the wonders of 2019? Because to me, there's a ghost of Yuletide present. They're standing right here. Now, the first time I successfully grew blue cornflowers and It's the last year that Gatsby got to be here with us. It's the year that my sweet little baby Harriet was born. My little chicken. It's the year we got a new roof on the house. It's the year I started a podcast. Those are all my ghost of Christmas present. Oh, there's more though. My son's childhood friend moved back to town and moved in with him. And we've been blessed to have him at our table ever since. I can't remember when that was, about six months ago, I reckon. But he spilled the whole year in my head. And that's when little Joel, my son's other friend, came around and sang with me. And after dinner, we would karaoke with each other and be silly and swing on the porch swing. And he taught me a little Spanish, and I don't know what the hell I taught him. I guess that he was loved. And it's right now. It's a cold day. But the sun is coming through this window and it's hitting in that way that I love so much. Always looks like late afternoon Sundays to me. Just liquid cold. A winter sunset is something to behold, isn't it? 
That's a ghost of Yuletide present. It's here right now, showing me the wonders of what life really is, regardless of money trouble or physical pain or emotional trauma. It's just this slice in time where there is beauty. I don't want to throw all that away. Because like my grandma was working on her soul, I reckon I'm working on the ghost of Yuletide future. I hope they remember me well, but I also hope they remember me honest. Because if they can remember me honest, they can remember that I would get so upset when people were late or food didn't come out right. Especially I was like that in my late 30s. And then if they still remember me honest, they will remember that in my late 40s and my 50s, I started working on that in me so that I could be more open to whatever energy was around to be more celebratory about that. You know, if we are open to the energy that's around us, instead of closed off and just trying to trudge through, that's where I believe that kind of Yule feeling actually comes from. Now, if I didn't have family, I would tell you right now, I felt that outside today, just me and the trees and the birds and the squirrels. I was open. And, you know, I needed to cry about a thing. But then I just raised my arms and opened my hands and let the sun hit me in the face. And it was cold. And then I heard a squirrel going on. It was meowing. Did y'all know that squirrels can meow or something like that? Man, y'all Google that. Trip me the hell out. I guess he thought I was going to hurt him in some way, but, (laughs) or maybe he was just saying hi. I don't know. But you really can't have anything which abide if you're closed completely down. Closing down is to survive something. Closing down is for serious trauma. Closing down is to heal a little bit. The medical field, they put us to sleep, those uh, medically induced comas. That's important. That's We had no other choice. This person has to heal and can't have any outside hits. But they're not permanent or they're deaf. So the ghost I want to be in Yuletide future, I want it to be my kid saying she let other people come to Christmas when they didn't have a place to go. But she also made us feel like we were the most important things in the entire world, same time, while sharing her love. I want him to remember that I gave a shit about the wildlife around here in the middle of this time. I hope they do something like I do. I hope they remember me teaching them that material things are crap. They really are. They're quick hit pleasures. Well, unless you make them yourself or you have somebody make them. Then we're getting into the world of art. But I hope they do remember that it was spending time with each other that mattered because I've preached and gone on about it. But I hope they also remember that this time of the year wasn't supposed to be neat in a box. This is not what it was about. Hell, from lighting candles on a real tree in a home to eating up half the store people put up for the winter not knowing if they'd have enough. It was chaotic. It was risky. It was one hell of a party, y'all. It was celebrating life on the darkest, longest night of the year. And that's hard to do if you got a stick shoved up your ass, isn't it? Let's be honest here. I make too much food and then I give it all away. 
I drink too much and laugh too hard and stay up too late. But I also love a little extra hard. I don't worry so much about things like my outfit. But I end up wearing a Santa hat, bells in my ears, because I am very busy creating that ghost I'm going to be. Ghosts, in a lot of ways, are just an imprint of energy that you've put upon the world. You have to be very careful what that is. Wrestling those asshole ghosts of Yuletide past, throwing them in a bit of a dungeon for the evening. This little echo we're all leaving that keeps on rolling back through. It really does matter. I like to think about the way we're burning our Yule log this coming Friday evening. And I think by the time this releases, uh, unless I change my mind on its release, that would have been two nights ago. I like to think about that as an example of the way we need to keep that burning in our heart all year. You know, it's all when we talk about our ancestors, and that's a very important time for us to kind of bring out our dead. And at Yule, we're trying to bring back the light. I mean, the light's coming back whether we like it or not, but also in our hearts and in our lives. There's no more wonderful tale, no legend, no story that I would rather read a child than the bringing back of the light and color and feasting and laughter up against a cold wind. It leans toward this comforting ending when we start rolling through the year and it starts to head back that way again and tip toward the dark to know that it's okay to go to rest, that it's okay to go to sleep for a little while. That we're doing it to heal and get energy so that we can celebrate again. When I was a little girl, my favorite thing to do was to wait for everyone to walk away or go to bed. Just so I could go lay underneath the tree and look up at all the colored lights and wonder at it all. I have tried to do that as an adult, but the tree fell on my face, so there's that. Y'all be careful being silly when you're, you know, 50. But there's still a way to take that kind of time to breathe. And in my estimation, if there's no other time that an adult can feel the child within, it's now. I think we should be allowed to frolic about, look like a fool, be our most genuine child selves, believe in Santa and elves and flying reindeer and ghost, and legends, and the deep belief that a fire could literally burn all the way through the night just by being shared amongst all the townsfolk. So while the winter is a time for rest, Yule is also a time to just open your eyes for a moment, lift your head, and see that that light is a returning for you. It's returning for all of us. That could make your sleep a whole lot more blessed now, couldn't it? Well, I reckon that's enough. I have folks on their way. I've popped some popcorn so that we can go out there and decorate a few trees. I've got the cranberries headed this way, and we're going to also string those up, and we've got some beautiful white candles to light. Like any season, I've always seen Yule as a several-day sort of event. The day before, the moment of, and the day after. 
That's the ghost of the past and the present and the future walking right with us. I want to give a shout out to my dear friend Diana. Diana F., you know who you are. She's been listening to my podcast here for a little bit. Not a pagan, not a witch, but one damn fine friend of mine. And she sent me a wonderful letter about my Gatsby passing. And even noted that I'm not real fond of cards and she hoped that I would forgive her. And I did. And it will be saved. I honestly needed that so much in that moment. Thank you for thinking of me and giving something of yourself. You're so beautiful. And I'm so grateful to have you as a friend. And also I want to give a shout out to Sin. You know who you are. And I'm so excited about the idea of going into a Patreon account. But my friend Sin, who I've never met in person, has been following my blog for years and years. She's one of the original crew, a sister witch of mine. She wanted to know where my tip jar was. I don't have one. So she went ahead and sent me one anyway. I needed that. That was beautiful. And you're right, we do need t-shirts, and the upshot is my husband has designed them. We have so many beautiful t-shirts coming y'all's way, and we also have some funny t-shirts coming y'all's way. And we are working on a meeting this afternoon, actually, me and my tech guy, good old Wolf Braun, is going to sit over here with me and get that up for you. We'll be taking pre-orders. And the reason we're going to be doing that is I don't have the upfront money to go out and just get the t-shirts made. But I have gone ahead and talked to my local print shop and I really like them. And I like giving to local stores if it's at all possible. So worked out a pre-order. Those are a coming and that will help offset a lot of the cost of this. So y'all be looking for that on my southernfriedwitch.com webpage. And Sin, thank you so much. Your friendship has always meant something to me. Well, y'all just go ahead now and have you the most wonderful holiday season. I hope you're enjoying that minute extra every day of that sun just shining right through your windows. The Oak King's going to kick the ass of the Holly King again. I'd lay money on that one. So here we go, y'all. Merry Yuletide to all. And to all, a good night. Love y'all. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.